to Season 5 of the Let's Talk Data podcast series, presented by SAP, where we explore game-changing technologies with leading experts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's Let's Talk Data podcast series. I'm excited to have with us today some experts around cognitive customer service. That's the title of our podcast today. And today, our host is going to be Prasanna. So, Prasanna, let me turn it over to you and have you introduce everyone joining the podcast today and tell us what we're going to be discussing in more detail. Thank you, Ginger. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you all, wherever you're joining in. Hope you're all safe. Uh, I'm Prasanna Marlingam. I'll do a quick round of intro of my colleagues here. Uh, I have Shivanan Hiremat Shiva and Sudarshan. Sudarshan Ranganath Suryapalli. So they're going to join with me and we're going to run through the cognitive customer uh, use case, uh, a brilliant use case. I hope you'll all be interested in this podcast today. Let me quickly start by introducing Wipro, who we are. Wipro is the third uh, largest Indian software company. Uh, we've got uh, operations out of 66 countries with a headcount of more than 190,000 people engaged with different uh, digital transformation programs for customers across various industries and geographies. So uh, without taking much time, I'm going to you know, uh, pass the mic to Shiva, my colleague, to talk about uh, this solution and why is it so important in the current uh, industry trends. Sure, Prasanna. So if you look in the context of digital transformation, right? Uh, see, what we want to discuss today is how we ushered our customers into a new era of customer uh, uh, service transformation aided by SAP data intelligence and our own unique machine learning based approach to detect customer call reasons. Okay, that's that's what we're going to focus today, Prasanna, in terms of giving a, a overview of how we have leveraged data and the, and the machine learning and the data intelligence to provide that kind of a solution. That's very interesting. So we all know customer service is a very core process in any industry, right? right from retail, telecom, automobiles to utilities. All of these industries are service oriented. There's a lot of you know, focus going on in this area, right? So Shiva, so can you tell us some more uh, you know, on how you identified this area within the CX space and how, do, how did you prioritize for, put, for developing this as a solution? Yeah, absolutely, Prasanna. I think you're right. Customer service is, is basically, it, it's the heart of any business. And unfortunately, what has happened is, uh, if you look at it, there's a lot of room of uh, room for improvement, and we can call it as a blessing in disguise also because we can innovate uh, uh, from the existing status quo, right? So if you take utilities for example, they are still behind the curve when it comes to adoption of CX transformation as compared to other industries like retail. However, with increased deregulation, competition, and the regulatory mandates, now my real estate uh, customers or the clients basically or the companies, so to say are seeking innovation-led customer service model, which is a fantastic news for us. A recent Gartner study showed that over 50% of utility companies are reallocating their investments for CX innovations, right? Another, uh, what's it called, study by Gartner also predicts an increased use of artificial intelligence and continuous intelligence in proactive customer service by 2023. Right. So combined with these two insights that we got from the market and also discussing with our customer base in utilities, which do have a lot of them, and even with other service industries like retail and even manufacturing automobile, we focused our attention on how to provide a contextualized customer experience 
based on the insights derived from customer data available in IT systems. That's you can say the bull's eye of a solution that we took it forward. Cool. So, uh, in, in, uh, I mean, just to continue. So, what changes are you seeing in the, in terms of expectations of customers? Uh, you know, in service-intensive industries. So, if you look at it traditionally, there has been a single-way interaction between a customer and a service organization, right? Now, that's part of history. Now, customers are looking for this two-way interaction anytime, anywhere, on any device, right? That's kind of a demand from customers now. Now, customers expect that their service providers, right, are able to personalize the interactions and provide them the propositions accordingly, right? And if you look at it, right, over 81% of consumers want their companies to know them better and interact accordingly, right? rather than having a generic bit very more specific. However, we also see that over 60% of the companies grapple with providing a, uh, personalized customer experiences in real time, right? So what they're asking is the customers are asking without compromising on their data privacy, they expect the service providers to leverage their data to derive some insights and enable an improved customer centricity, right? Furthermore, they expect service providers to be more proactive than the reactive mode, which it has been historically the mode of operations. So the key trends I'm seeing person uh, from a customer behavior or customer expectation perspective. Right. So, so the focus would definitely be on a contextualized customer service, right? So. How, how does your solution address that, Shiva? Yeah, so if you look at right, the, the transaction heavy industries like utilities, like retail, insurance, banking, right? They have got terabytes of data sitting in their big data systems or their ERP systems or customer experience systems or even their data warehousing systems, right? Which can really provide deep insights and patterns on customer behavior and responses to various situations, be it either internal factors like change of a tariff or some kind of a simulated bill that is created or external factors like recession, job losses or competition offering, right? So what we see is the data wants to tell a story, but we are not able to take it and narrate it in the right perspective, right? So our solution, Cognitive Customer Service, addresses this need by piecing together the past interactions, the transaction data, both the processed data as well as the in-flight data from a transaction data perspective, their master data in terms of what is their type, what uh, what's, what's their age, right? And uh, what is the customer segment and all those things, right? And the other aspect is the demographic data because the customer behavior changes from region to region even within a nation, forget about between the nations or between the uh, continents, even between the regions, there's a change in the behavior for the similar situation a customer is in, right? So we've used all this data and we are applying a right machine learning algorithm to predict the needs of a customer at that specific point of time, right? So that's one big thing that we have, uh, we wanted to address as part of a solution. The second aspect is, we also extended further in proposing the next best actions for the needs that have been predicted with my machine learning uh, algorithm, right? So this solution is offered a set of services that can be integrated with multiple channels 
like for example call center self service portals or even what we can do is we can run this solution as an engine it can be run in a batch or something where you can provide that co uh, proactive customer uh, support to spot or anticipate his needs or his her her needs in advance right so in that way uh, what we are going to provide is that kind of a proactive contextualized and a personalized experience i think uh, that's definitely the need of the hour because customers are you know very much interested to have a very personalized experience not a robotic experience and that's great so you know the challenge is there i think uh, the use case has been laid out now in terms of the digital technologies that you used uh, can you kind of, kind of expand on that shiva what are the various digital technologies that you used to develop this solution yeah so we 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 looked at various technology components definitely being from sap background we had what is it called some kind of a preference for sap technologies but in business uh, a technology platform or else it was called sap cloud platform you can bring in technology from any other non sap and you can integrate it right so in that way we started with an open mind in terms of the technology that should be adopted to build the solution ultimately what we did was to have a better integration and leverage our uh, our business uh, technology platform services we went ahead and implemented sap data intelligence that is our main engine here which uh, it's also called as di platform right we use the sap's business rule services we used the irpa right uh, we used the uifi which is a fury application as well as the o data services basically to connect to our customer experience systems like uh, uh, s4 crm or the 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 standalone crm application or the sales cloud and the service cloud right so these are the key technical components we used right now what happened was when we started this uh, solution development right in the first iteration we did not have irpa in the entire uh, suite of technology or the solution that we want to develop however when we kind of further ideated and uh, uh, defined our our needs uh, what happened was there came a requirement where we said okay i think there is a need to automate the mundane activities of a customer service agent right as well as there is a need to improve the consistency in the services that we provide because typically in the service operation what happens is it is left to the training expertise and few times moved on the csa to offer services to a customer right so what the business head of the customer service team highlighted was during our show and tell they said i think we should get on and implement some kind of irpa bot so that i can have this consistency and also i can reduce the cost to serve so, so that's where we saw irpa as a logical extension to my prediction algorithm to my business rules so when the actions are agreed with the customer implement a bot so it can automate the entire process so in that way we provided that additional uh, value add using another digital technology component into the solution suite that's a nice extension to that so shiva i mean just to top it off so uh, while you built the solution right so did you use any particular methodology or a framework for developing the solution yeah see, definitely people talked about agile methods and etc etc to be used but if you look at it now for this kind of uh, innovative solutions which are based on a specific business problem for specific personas right so we follow design thinking approach following all those five iterative steps uh, to ensure we have a persona slash the uh, user at the heart of the solution 
So what we did was uh, typical with any design thinking, uh, what is it called approach? We conducted multiple uh, uh, sessions uh, with various personas, right? Like CSAs of our existing clientele base. We had our domain teams. Uh, we had SAP experts within our teams, right? We also had some end consumers or end customers, right? And even Vipro, you know, you, you mentioned, right, there's 190K employees. So there are a lot of employees who come up with their issues in terms of systems or payroll, etc. So we do have a dedicated help desk. So we also included the CSS, internal CSS also into the design thinking process to ensure the perspective of all the personas are considered, right, in, in terms of identifying and brainstorming on the, uh, on, the, on the use case. And from a technical perspective also, what we did was we also included the UI experts and the data science experts also into this uh, design thinking sessions so that we look at the entire desirability, feasibility and the viability aspect when we came up with the final, uh, not exactly final, but the first iterative uh, uh, solution that we developed. Great, great, super. I'm going to change the track slightly here. I'm going to make the questions towards the technical aspects of it. So. Sudarshan, you're on now. <laughs> so, so, it's, so, what are the challenges uh, you faced while while building the solution? Now we heard Shiva, you know, um, you know, bring the entire use case alive in terms of what is the problem and how how the whole thing shaped up together. But you know, we, uh, let's put the nuts and bolts together with technology. So, yeah. So, what are the challenges you you faced while building it, Suits? Yeah, sure, Prasanna. Um, hello, everyone. Um, my name is Sudarshan. I am part of the um, the technical uh, implementation team for the solution. Uh, thank you, Prasanna, for for bringing this question up, right? Because yeah, we know that this is a very uh, machine learning intensive solution that we have built, right? It is a customer facing machine learning based predictive solution. So when we started implementing this solution, right, one of the first challenge for us was uh, data and the quality of data. Right? Because you know, at the heart of any machine learning solution is uh, is is data, right? If you have the right data, right data set with the right labeling, um, then your uh, learning and training the models becomes that much more simpler. Therefore, uh, to start with, what I would say is that we are dealing here with a lot of interaction data, which is the past customer interaction history that will form the basis for our predictions. And this data is really unstructured. This is actually uh, text information that's either typed in by the call center executive or communicated over emails, etc. The data spread across a lot of channels of interaction um, that has accumulated over the years. And now, if you look at the quality of this data, right, more often than not, there are um, syntactical, grammatical errors or spelling mistakes, and which is common with any textual information that you have. So our first challenge is is really extracting meaning out of this data, parsing this text data itself. The, the second challenge was uh, preparing this data in a format that is suitable for training our machine learning models. Right. We had to create the data cleaning pipelines to ensure that this data is good enough right, for, for feeding into our models. And as we were building these deep learning models that are based on supervised learning, we also had to label this data with the appropriate uh, reasons. What we are trying to do ultimately is, is to see why the customer is called, right? predict the reason for the customer's call based on this interaction history. Therefore, we need to map the historical data to, to certain reasons. So there was some amount of data preparation involved where the domain experts 
and the uh, and the programmers had to identify summarize the gist of a particular um, uh, record right a, a text statement to a reason and then uh, obviously uh, building this uh, model itself and identifying which is the right model for us as we iterated through multiple multiple models and experimented with their accuracy etc right that was another um, time consuming thing that we had to go through for this solution and finally we we were all we also needed an environment where we could host this uh, model for inference right because uh, what we are looking for is to make this uh, intelligence available at the click of a button or at the um, during the call that the call center agent is having with the customer right or when the customer gets into the self service portal so on demand we want this model to churn out the reason why the customer is calling. Therefore, performance of the model was very important. Therefore, hosting this model in an environment that supports that performance task was another important uh, aspect for us to worry about. So th th this was, uh, and, and to top it all, right, you also saw how many systems we are connecting with to extract this data. There are n number of systems where the customer data is spread across. So connecting to all of those and assimilating that data um, it was was the was another challenge to top it off, right? Uh, yeah. So these these were the issues, Prasanna, that we had. Super. So I think I think you touched upon the key points of uh, you know uh, the data, the data cleansing, as well as the um, you know getting the data right for the ML because that's very very important. So uh, in terms of, I just wanted to just touch upon one small point before I go to the next one. In terms of you know building the uh, model, so you know uh, how did you use this data? Like you know uh, uh, how many iterations, etc. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, just to give you a hint of the data, right? So what we did was we sourced the data from multiple customers that we had this call center interaction history and the uh, and the corresponding uh, reasons why the customer have called. What was the fallout? So actually, it is not one record that you can tag to an, an outcome, but it is multiple interaction records that are tagged to an outcome. Therefore, we had billions of records. Of course, we had to anonymize the data. We didn't want to have any custom specific data there. Uh, the first thing we did when we got the data is to ensure that the customer names and any personal identifiers and addresses were masked. We had to, we actually said if there was a, a particular pin code or a particular location, particular house number that we had, we actually codified it into a region to give a very high level abstraction, right? Just to give you an example. And then, of course, all the personal information was uh, removed. All we had was uh, not even the exact dates and timestamps on the data. All we had was a series number that indicated the sequence of the conversation. So ultimately, our objective was to string together a series of conversations and tag it to the outcome, which was the reason why the person had called. So there, there was a lot of data engineering uh, that was involved. And uh, yeah, that was part of the challenge, like I said. The volumes of the data and the engineering effort uh, that was involved to actually transform that data and string that data together to the outcomes that we had um, was, was a thing that our um, technical team as well as the domain team work it together to really make sense of this data. And also we wanted this to be a very generic uh, solution, right? That I could apply across multiple customers in that domain, right? In that industry area. So we did not restrict ourselves to one data set, 
but we had a very large data set that was a mix and max, um, a mix and match of multiple uh, data um, sources. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. I hope that Thank answers it. Uh, yeah, yeah, so. definitely. In fact, I was planning to ask you on privacy. You had explained it very well by anonymizing. So we've taken care of that concern as well because that's something that's uh, prevalent Absolutely. across customers. That is right? very important Absolutely. when we deal with data, and Correct. that's also important to ensure that uh, we we remove the bias of the models, right, by anonymizing it and by removing very very narrow uh, data points. Absolutely. Now, I mean, coming to the um, uh, you know uh, the next point, which is basically you know how how did SAP help you overcome these challenges? I'm sure you know looking at the uh, uh, the complexity of the use case, there have been multiple challenges. You now, how what how did SAP help you you know overcome these challenges? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah definitely, that's a very good point. I do want to bring up uh, to this podcast. Uh, I do want to share how uh, SAP helped us with this kind of solution, right? So while we tried to build this model uh, initially, we were trying to use the open source tooling using VMs and hyperscalers. And and what we ended up was uh, to do with, with a lot of plumbing work in terms of accessing the data itself, then doing the cleaning, and then also uh, training the models, everything, the entire lifecycle management, right? The end-to-end, including data, to a deployable inference model. There was a lot of plumbing work and it was taking a lot of our time, right? the team's time. Just the administrative overheads of collecting the data, connecting to the sources, extracting the data, then loading it back into our VMs was a very cumbersome process. That was the time when, when we were uh, at the peak of our solution implementation. That's when we got to know about the DA content sprint from SAP. We immediately signed up, and what SAP did was they enabled our team on data intelligence. They also provided us an environment to build our solution on, uh, to, to prototype it on, right, basically. So they, they, in fact, offered us a dedicated development angel, one of the development experts, who was there with us, guiding us uh, throughout our um, pilot, helping us understand the nuances of the Tool. What we did finally, if I just have to summarize what DA offered us and how our life changed for the better with DA, um, DA uh, it offered a, a holistic environment to us where we could do our data engineering and machine learning from a single platform. It had connectors to virtually every database we had in our landscape and also to our SAP system. They have a tool called Metadata Explorer that helped us actually identify the various attributes of our data. It, it helped us basically see the quality of our data in a single shot without us having to do a lot of scripting around the data qualities. We could quickly see uh, how many null values are there, what is the maximum length of data, are there any junk characters in our data, right? So this kind of exploration of the data was made possible by the Metadata Explorer. That hugely accelerated and saved time for our data scientists and the data team who were uh, working on the data cleaning part and, and data preparation part. Data intelligence also had a provision uh, to, to help us build the data cleaning pipelines. These pipelines come with predefined operators that we could just take and play to, to help us transform this data and clean the data, right? So finally, we could convert the data into the format that was suitable for our um, machine learning model trainings. And then, of course, for the ML development itself, right, um, there was a Jupyter notebook provision that DA offered, where we could build our own models, right, and then connect to these data pipelines. Once the models are built, they could be deployed as, uh, uh, they could be converted to pickle files, deployable pickle files, 
we could download them as DA artifacts so that we could port them from our uh, development uh, environment to quality or production environments, right? And finally, these models once deployed, we could just plug in a Python consumer pipeline so that they, they are ready for inference, right? And also right. with these inference, right. we used to get a lot of metrics around um, the, the model itself in terms of the various uh, model performance parameters like accuracy, right? So uh, in summary, what I would say is that SAP has been tremendously helpful as well as DA as a platform was a great choice we made in terms of building this uh, machine learning model itself. This is, as you saw, a very, very highly data intensive solution. So what we achieved with uh, DA and uh, SAP in the end is that we could build an end-to-end solution right from extracting the data, manipulating, transforming the data, training our model as well as um, deploying it as an inferenceable model all on a single platform. So that's what I have to say about our um, uh, joint development on this with SAP. Fantastic, fantastic. So Vishen, I've got one question uh, to top it off. The proof of pudding is in eating, right? So how do you deploy our solution uh, for customers? Sure, Prasanna, because yeah, that, that is a, the ultimate purpose of uh, building this is to ensure that we can deploy it in multiple customer places, right? Um, so what Wipro has done is Wipro has is offering this solution on the SAP store, right? Uh, where customers can can purchase it. We we can either deploy it on the customer's tenant if they have if they have either a DI on premise or DI uh, in the cloud. Uh, we can deploy these DI artifacts directly onto their tenant. Or uh, we also offer a, a SaaS model where Wipro as an OEM can host this solution, and uh, customers can consume this. Um, the uh, like like we said, the heart of the solution is this inferenceable model that tells you based on interaction history what the call reason is, and that data can come from any source. If the customer has additional sources, maybe what uh, in addition to what we we explained them, or if they have if they think their their data is absolutely different, uh, if they want help with retraining, we, we we of course can do that for them as well along along with the customer. So um, yeah, in short, uh, the model is available on the store and customers as well can reach out to us uh, to Wipro directly for any help with deployment. I hope that uh, that helps uh, Prasanna in terms of deployments. Yeah, perfect, uh, to perfect. Now, uh, I'll, uh, thank, thanks a lot, Sudarshan. I will, I will uh, turn focus back to Shiva uh, to top it off. Shiva, as the solution owner, the person who ideated and you know designed the entire um, uh, solution. Uh, what are the key benefits that you would prioritize? Sure. Uh, I think as Sudarshan touched upon, right, data is very key and having lots of data of from different type of uh, what's it called business or industries and ensuring that the data is anonymized to train your model is a prime, uh, what is it called, uh, need for developing any machine learning models. So what I can say, the first benefit I would say is what we bring to the table is we have gone through that hard work of approaching our customers, approaching various data sources, right? Doing all those hard work so that you don't have to worry about the accuracy of this model. So you get a pre-trained model, which is uh, trained per industry to deliver what uh, the contextual experience that you are looking at, right? That's one point. But coming to the benefits, uh, the other benefits I would go by uh, based on each persona. Like if I like, uh, take from a customer uh, perspective, which is end customer perspective, right? 
Definitely, there is an improved customer satisfaction due to proactive and personalized handling of their needs, queries, and resolutions. And they are also happy because they are getting an omni-channel experience. So, irrespective of the channels they contact, because this engine runs behind all those channels, they're getting a omni-channel experience, consistent experience. This is really, really very positive feedback they have got. And if you look from a customer service manager perspective, uh, he has got so many pressures in terms of managing the business as well as reducing the cost, right? So what we have seen is it's we can say that this uh, around 20% reduction in average call handling time due to this automation is going to reduce the cost of serve. Or rather, I can say it's you can say approximately 20% reduction of cost to serve can be achieved here. Also, as my customers are happy and satisfied there is going to be a 15% reduction in the customer churn and its associated costs, right? The other aspect is the CSA attrition, because if you look at the service industries, they are at one of the highest attrition of their customer service agents. So what we see is the benefit that the solution is going to bring is there's going to be approximately 15% reduction in the CSA attrition, which is directly attributed to the intuitive user experience that is going to be provided as well as automation, uh, what is it called? Functionalities we have provided in this solution. Last but not the least, from a customer service manager perspective, right? It helps the Uberization of customer service operations. Like we, we hear there's always a trough and a peak of customer service activities based on some event that has happened, like for example, tariff change event that has happened or pricing event that happened. There'll be a lot of customer queries. Oh, my bill has increased after you raise. So what is the reason, etc. Then you go and explaining them, right? So what's going to happen is at that point of time, you require additional CSS to serve that surge in the calls, right? Now, what the solution is going to do is, the first it's going to do is it's going to predict those kind of a surge in the potential customer service calls. And due to this entire automation that I provided, it's all machine-based service provisioning. What I can do is I can Uberize my customer operations. For example, if, if a homemaker is sitting at home and she, he or she has got four hours of time to uh, take the calls from the customers. What you can do is you can just provide the URL to her, they redirect the call, and then the exactly same engine runs and they can effectively Uberize the customer service. So they can manage the peak load of answering to the customers effectively with minimal investment or basically redirecting the same investment and exposing to my Uberized uh, CSS. And if I look from a CIO or CDO perspective or what we call chief digital officer, right? Now, there is a mandate to deliver digital innovations to the business at regular intervals. So the solution exactly delivers that. Using some two or three technologies, how I can transform is what I'll be able to uh, showcase or prove to my uh, business uh, counterparts, right? The second part is, as we all mentioned, right? This is developed as some kind of a reusable framework, which can be extended to multiple uh, industries. So especially it's relevant for large corporate houses who are into multiple types of business. For example, they're into product sales, they're into product services. They are also selling the utilities. They are uh, providing insurance services, lots of things, right? So for such kind of a business, what I can do is I can use the solution. I can train the model for this specific type of business and they can reuse my entire uh, uh, application. So what we see here is easily there is a reduction of around 25% on the total cost of ownership due to the element of reusability.
So these are the key benefits I can definitely see uh, for the solution, Prasanna. Perfect, perfect, Shiva. I think uh, very eloquently put. First of all, it's a fantastic solution that kind of you know, takes the technology that's there. It's readily available, taking it to the customer, the customer's customer as well, right? So that's that's very, very important. And uh, I would like to uh, personally thank you, Shiva and Sudarshan for taking time off today to run through the uh, entire experience of uh, you know, uh, the cognitive customer solution uh, development. Uh, that's 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 fantastic. And uh, thanks My a pleasure. lot. My pleasure. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, thanks to both of you for sharing this uh, learning slash rewarding experience. This is really excellent. I want to thank you guys. Wipro, y'all, such an important partner to us, and Prasanna, Shiva, and Sudarshan. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise. And if you want to learn more in the show notes, we'll have a link to their blog, which discusses more, and also a link to their business case if you want to know more and if you want to dig down deeper and get involved with the solution. So thank you all for joining and join us on our next episode of our Let's Talk Data podcast series. Thank you.